Well, good morning. My name is Derek, and I'm one of the servants here at Relevant Church. And as Scott said earlier, if this is your first time here, we just want to say welcome home. We're so excited that you're here to join us this morning. And I'm excited to be here. A couple of things before we get started. I do want to mention that this message today is going to have some adult themes to it. So if there's anyone, kids in the, in the, uh, in the room today this morning, that wants to step out, they're more than welcome to step out. We're not going to get filthy or perverted with it by any means, but I just want to throw that out there. We are talking about relationships. If you've looked through your information guide this morning, saw the title of the message. The title is Let's Get Naked. So that's going to give you all sort of a, a little direction in, into which way we're going we're gonna to be going. All right. That being said, you've been warned. So uh, this morning, we're going to continue our series on Eve and Adam, where we're talking about relationships. Last week, Pastor Muta talked about equality in our relationships, how as the men we're set to lead, we are equals, we're to come together to, to form this relationship. This week, we're going to finish up Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, which he, he closed out with last week, and go into Genesis, Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. So interesting story about this week actually interesting story about last night. So about two weeks ago, Pastor Muta said, hey Derek, I'm going to be in California on June 12th. at a conference there visiting with some of our sister churches. He says, hey, would you be willing to speak on June 12th? No problems. I got two weeks to prepare for this. I got this. And then earlier this week, he says, hey, I'm going to be back. No issues. I'll be back on the 12th. You don't have to speak. Hey, even better. I can get up here. I can sing. I can serve out there. I can do whatever, whatever it is that you need me to do. I don't have to speak. Awesome. Not that I have a problem with speaking, but hey, it's, you know, the biggest fear of most people is, is public speaking. Last night at 9 o'clock, I get a text message. Hey, yo, uh, yo, D, you, uh, you got notes still from, from when I asked you if you could speak? <laughs> All right, what's going on? Well, uh, my plane started boarding three minutes ago, and I'm 15 minutes away from LAX. Anybody ever been to California? Traffic's terrible. Hey, he's not going to make it. I start praying, Lord, stop this plane from moving. Keep, it for, keep the door open a little bit longer. About 20 minutes later, I get a text message. They closed the door three minutes before I got there. You're on. <laughs> Thanks. So, so this morning, I'm feeling a little naked in front of y'all. Hey. So we've all had that experience. How many of us have ever had that dream? You're at school. You're at work. Bearing it all to the world. Yeah. If you haven't had that dream, you're lucky. It's a very awkward dream. It's one of those where, in my personal case, when I'm walking down the hall, I'm covering up. No one seems to care. No one notices that I'm naked. I'm the one that notices that I'm naked, and it's because of my shame. And so that's what we're going to get into today, is talking about being naked, being transparent with our relationships, and growing in those relationships through that transparency. So Genesis chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, it's going to be the second page of your Bible, if you picked up one of these Bibles this morning. If you need a Bible, you can raise your hand. We can get somebody to pass one out to you. All right, so we're going to be on the second page there, Genesis chapter 2, verses 24 and 25. And it says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We, we thank you for, for being here today. And I thank you for just giving me this opportunity to, to stand before this group, Lord, and, and just, just be able to, to speak your word. Lord, I ask that you would just continue to bless this service today. Lord, we know that you are, you are in the, the worship portion, and Lord, you are moving then. Lord, I ask that you just continue to, to move through this crowd and, and just help us to, to open our hearts and, and to hear your word and, and to gain a transparency 
that we can, we can use with our spouse to, to grow into a loving and, and closer relationship with them. Lord, be with our kids. We know they're going to have a great time back there in, in, in ReKids, Lord. And we ask that you just move with, with Christine. Um, just help them to have a great time, but a great time learning about you. We love you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So, verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. This is pretty interesting because we, have just, we just heard about how God's created the heavens and the earth. How he created Adam. Last week we talked about how God created a helper for Adam in Eve. But in, in verse 24, we, we just moved from that to, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. Hey, there's just two people there. Adam and Eve. Nowhere in there do we hear about a, a father of Adam. Uh, a mother of Adam or, or Eve, God did not create a mother and father for Adam. So we, we really have to dig in here and see what, what is it that they believe Moses wrote Genesis. What is it that Moses was getting inspired from God to tell us through, through this? So God did not create a mother and father, but he did create a wife. So that tells us a little bit about relationships and, and how our relationships should grow. We, we need to take care of our mother and father. But we were, weren't created to, to cleave to them. We're created to cleave to our wife. Starting, the first word is therefore, which is for that reason. So God created woman for that reason, for man. And so that man will leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. Our relationship with our spouse is our primary relationship. Not only did God create it for us a spouse and, and that ability to get married, but he created her out of our own flesh. And so we're to cleave to that relationship with our spouse because we have to leave our relationship with our mother and father, and we have to cut that cord from them. Our, our relationship with our spouse depends on that. We have to have enough emotional maturity to break away from that dependence with our parents and enter into to marriage. That emotional maturity is what helps us to build that relationship with our spouse. I think back to my son, and he is very reliant on me and Kim as a parent. If y'all didn't see beforehand, uh, if y'all didn't see beforehand, my son Kit, the entire time we were setting up this morning, I'm having to carry him around. No one else can touch him. He can't go on the ground. He's wanting to be wherever his dad is. He is very reliant on on me and my wife as parents. And when we're reliant on our parents, that keeps us from taking responsibility. That keeps us from taking care of that one person that, that we're really supposed to have that relationship. A couple of months back, we were on our way to a birthday party for one of Reeves' friends. Three-year-old kid. Reeves a three-year-old kid. We go there. Reeve is only concerned about himself. We, we do what all parents do. We, don't, we, we get the invitation a couple of weeks ahead of time. We buy the gift the day of the, the party. That's what you do, right? So we go to Walmart. We're walking through the toy aisle, and Reeves sees all these great toys. They're all toys that, that he could buy for this other kid his age that's into the exact same things that he's into. Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, anything with a ball. And, of course, he says, I want that. Let's get that. I want to get this. I want to get that. And we keep explaining to Reeve, Reeve, this isn't, this isn't a gift for you. We're getting this for Noah. And Reeve, Reeve doesn't care. Reeve doesn't want a gift for Noah. Reeve wants a gift for himself. And so, of course, Reeve throws a fit. And Reeve, for the first time, says a word that he shouldn't have. And me and Kim were both like, whoa, whoa. you've been saying that around him. I guess I have not said that. But TV, TV will get him. 
So we, we figured it out, home alone. Yeah. He, he stomps his foot. He throws a fit. He's being selfish in that relationship. He wants this gift for him. He doesn't want to give a gift to somebody else. He wants the Ninja Turtle for himself. And because we're his parents, we have to, to teach him and, and show him that he, he needs to focus on this other person in this, that, that there's a, a relationship there, that we're giving this person a gift. This isn't a gift for us, but it's being a child is what sort of keeps us from being able to, to focus on this other person, to strengthen the health of, of this relationship. And, and as husbands, we're, we're directly responsible for that. You notice here that it says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. He's talking to us as men because we're responsible for these relationships. It's not our wife's job as men to strengthen these relationships, to strengthen us and to, to uh, hold these, these relationships together. He's telling us as men that it's our job to do this. It, it's, we are directly responsible for the health of our relationships. It, it says to hold fast to your wife. Holding fast means you're, you're together. You're, you're next to each other. You're the same flesh. Nothing is to come between you. You're one team. You're one flesh. You're inseparable. You're not roommates who are, are just doing life together. You're in this relationship together as one in, in order to glorify God. So nothing's to become between us. We have to be, it's no, no job, no friendships, not our relationship with our child. That relationship is set aside as special to be one. We have to come together. We have to be close. We have to be joined. We have to be transparent. We have to be naked. Matthew 19, verse 6, Jesus is even telling us in here, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Whatever God has joined together let not man separate. To God, math is not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals one. We are one once we're married. We have come together. We're one flesh, and nothing is supposed to become between that bond. This brings us into to our, our first point, which is nakedness was a part of our original design. Nakedness was a part of our original design. Verse 25 says, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So physically, Adam and Eve were naked. They were in the garden. They were in this perfect place. They had no need for, for clothes of any sort. Temperature was great. No bugs and mosquitoes to swat away from any crevices or, or cracks. Um, there Everything was set up for them and, and was in a perfect relationship with their body so that they, they had no need to cover up. They were able to share their bodies with each other. Not only were they physically naked in this, but this lets us know that we also have to be psychologically naked. There, there can be nothing between us and, and our spouse. They weren't able to hide anything from each other. We shouldn't be hiding anything from our spouse. A lot of times, we, we all have those relationships, those special relationships, best friend, a mother, a father, a child, roommate, somebody that we're close to, somebody that we can tell things to. John Connors, I love John. He's in my regroup. I can share anything with John, and I know I can trust John. I know that's not going to get it spread around. 
I know John's not going to look down on me because I think this certain way or because I'm going through this certain thing. I know that I have a great friend in John who is going to help lead me into a, a more spiritually matured status. But thankfully, John is not my spouse. Yes, my spouse is much better looking, um, much younger, yes. She doesn't have a beard. And never seen John naked. Don't want to. Looks much better than John. But my relationship with John, while it's transparent, God intended for that relationship with, with our spouse to be that transparent, that relationship where we can really be open and honest, where we can really tell that person free of judgment, and that's tough. We all have that issue where because it's our spouse, sometimes I'm definitely guilty of this, expect too much out of her because she's my spouse. And so she says something, and immediately I snap. And I go into this, oh, what do you, like, why do you do this? Da, 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 da. I try to fix it. I'm a fixer. Uh, guys, we, we try to fix things, right? A lot of times what, what they, my wife all the time, I don't need you to fix it. Just hear me. I just, I just got to tell you what's going on. Uh, anybody else hear that? Never. That's just me, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. So that relationship with your spouse, was that's our original design for what God had set aside for us. That relationship with our spouse was, was supposed to be naked. It was supposed to be transparent. We're supposed to be one with each other. Uh, we're supposed to come to each other to make those decisions. We're supposed to come to each other to, to grow, uh, tell each other what we're struggling with. And once again, sometimes that's hard because sometimes what we're struggling with is a lack of intimacy. And maybe it's not that spouse's fault, but immediately when I hear, hey, you need to be more romantic, defense, walls come up. We have to break those walls. Those walls create a boundary between us. And as Jesus said, nothing can separate us. We have to break down those walls. We have to, to seek God's original design for us. We have to be naked. We have to be transparent. Some of us are thinking, hey, I'm going to go home and use this tonight. Yeah, we're going to go home. We're going to get naked. Hey, that's not exactly what we're talking about here. We'll get to that later. Break down those walls. Build that trust. Build that transparency. Talk to each other. Build that relationship. Get naked. All right. So that was God's original design for us, was for us to, to be naked. We know it didn't stay like that, obviously, right? We're going to bounce ahead to the next page, Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 through 11. We're going to skip a little bit there where we all know the story. Anybody that's grown up in church has, has heard this story. Adam and Eve are in the garden. They're told, all you have to do, go out, take care of the garden. You're good. Free buffet. Anything you want to eat, you can eat it, except for that one tree. Stay away from that tree. And so, of course, the serpent comes up, starts talking to Eve. Did God really tell you that if, if you eat of that tree that, that you'll die? I don't, I don't think that's what he's saying. Eve buys into this. Verse 6, we'll pick up there. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened. And they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid. He said, Who told you that you were naked? 
Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? So point number two, fear causes us to cover up. There is no love, fear in love. As I was just saying, many times our relationship is like this relationship with God. Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and so they immediately go into hiding this. They try to hide this relationship, or they try to hide this, this sin that they've committed, and they immediately cover up. Ultimately, they, they can't hide it from God. God already knew. have been living this entire time naked, free uh, of any sort of clothing, free of any sort of distance between them, themselves and God, free from anything hiding themselves from God. And they immediately try to hide what they've done from God. And God says, hey, where y'all at? Adam says, hey, uh, yeah, I'm hiding over here behind this because I didn't want you to know that I was naked. Fear causes us to cover up. In our relationships, as we were just saying earlier, a lot of times when we are transparent, that wall comes up. We don't want our, our spouse to know what we've been doing, who we've been talking to, because, hey, that's going to start a fight. I don't want to fight with you because I don't want to deal with that right now. I would rather we can sit down. You sit on that end of the couch. I'll sit on this end of the couch. We'll watch TV. You'll sit on that end of the table. I'll sit on this end of the table. We'll eat. We'll talk about our day. We won't talk about those things. We won't talk about what we're looking at on the computer. We won't talk about that friendly chatter that we're having with the coworker. We won't talk about those things because we don't want to start a fight. When in all actuality, those are the things you need to be talking to your spouse about. Hey, I screwed up. This is what I did. We don't want the consequences from that. The consequences from Adam and Eve, further on, they get kicked out of the garden. Adam now has to work. It's going to be tough work. He's, he's got to till the field. Women, pregnancy, it's going to be painful. They suffered these consequences. We don't want to suffer the consequences. So we hide these things. We cover up. And there is no fear in love. We don't need to be afraid of those things. We need to, to let our spouse know, hey, I'm struggling with this. I have this need that I, I'm, I'm not getting. And it's, it's causing me, my sinful nature, to focus on these other things. We have to be willing to, to step up and, and talk to our, our spouse about these things. And it needs to be your spouse. This isn't a conversation. Hey, this maybe is something that I can talk to John about, but you have that conversation with, with your spouse. If it's that, that coworker that you're talking to, this is only going to cause more and more issues for you and, and your relationship. Another thing to point out here, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, um, God has given Adam and Eve dominion over all the animals, yet they let this one animal come up and, and convince them to do this. They shouldn't have been listening to, to this serpent it, to begin with, but they, they let this serpent get in between their relationship with God and, and tell them what they needed to do. They had dominion over the serpent. They should have honestly told him go kick rocks, but they didn't. They listened. And then Adam, we go on to here. Of course, Adam does the, the manly thing and, and takes responsibility for this, right? No, Adam blames Eve. He says, it's the woman that you gave me, God. She started this. And that's what we do too many times, as men especially. But that's what we do too many times. We blame it on this other person. We build that wall. We, we put on the clothes to cover up rather than taking the responsibility for, for ourselves like we, we should be doing. And we, we see in, in this the scripture that we just read in Genesis chapter 3, it wasn't just Eve was there and then she had to go search for Adam to find out where he was so she could give him some of this fruit and he could, he could, his eyes could be open too. It says that Adam was with her. Men, you have to take that responsibility. You have to step up. And you have to keep those things from getting in between your relationship. Point number three, true intimacy is marked by a willingness to bear all. Probably in most of the people that, that are married here, their, their wedding, 
there was a certain scripture, 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verses 4 through 7. It was probably read in your wedding. Uh, just a, a good guess, but I, I think a statistic I read somewhere said 187% of marriages have this verse in it. Um, that's a fake statistic. But it says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. One of the key things I want to point out here, verse 6, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing. No one wants to be wronged. No one, let's face it, when we have an argument with our spouse, when we have an argument with anybody, hey, we want to be the one that's right. And then we want to rub it in their face later. And then we want to remember it six months down the road and say, but there, I, I might be wrong this time, but that one time I was right. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. We have to be truthful. We have to be honest with, with our spouse. And we have to be willing to bear all these things. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. John Popper has a quote that when I was reading through, through these verses, uh, I, it really stuck out to me. He says, I can be free from, sin, from shame for two reasons. One is that I'm perfect and have nothing to be ashamed of. The other is that I'm imperfect, but I have no fear of being disapproved by my spouse. The first way to be shame-free is to be perfect. The second way to be shame-free is based on the gracious nature of covenant love. In the first case, there's no shame because we're flawless. In the second case, there's no shame because covenant love covers a multitude of flaws. And we read in, in verse 25 that the man and wife were both naked and were not ashamed. At this time, they were living in the perfect world. As we said earlier, they, they had no need to cover up. They, there was no sin. The, the weather was perfect. They had everything they needed and could walk around free of clothes, um, unashamed of anything that, that was going on. In, in all intents and purposes, they were perfect. However, we know that as we, we go even into the next chapter, that this perfection ends, that we, we have a, a flawless nature about us, that we have a sinful nature. And <coughs> it, we also have a, a Christ that, that died for us, that died for our sins, that died so that we, we couldn't be found uh, faultless when we, when we entered the gates. And this, this is the kind of love that we're supposed to show our spouse. That kind of grace, that kind of mercy, that kind of love is, is the kind of, of love that we're supposed to show the spouse. Uh, a gracious nature of a covenant love. Our marriages are a covenant. You sign an agreement when you get married that says, hey, we are married, we are one. That is their covenant. That is your agreement to love this, this person regardless of what their flaws is, regardless of what they're going through. Um, through sickness and death, through richer or poor, till death do you part. And, and that's the same kind of love that Christ has shown us. And, and we need to, to be willing to show that love to, to our spouse as well. Um, 1 Peter 4.8 says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. True intimacy is marked by a willingness to bear all. We need to be willing to, to love our spouse in a relationship that's going to cover those, those sins that they've committed. 
and, and cover those things that, that we've not been transparent with in the past. Point number four, here's where the fun stuff begins. Being naked improves your sex life. That is legit, yes, yes. Being naked improves your sex life. A lot of times in church, we don't talk about sex. Sort of taboo, right? Which is a shame because every TV commercial you see, sex. If you're listening to the radio, sex. All right, so, but it's getting talked about. Our kids are talking about it. We, we read about it in books. You can't go through the grocery store line without seeing a Cosmo with 140 ways to improve your sex life and all these sorts of things. Sex is all over the world, and so we need to talk about it in church too, unfortunately, or fortunately. God created sex. Genesis 1.28, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. Husbands, remember that verse, right? Husband should give to his wife her conjugal, excuse me, that's in, uh, I got the wrong verse written down. That's 1 Corinthians 7.3, Genesis 1.28, got ahead of myself. Genesis 1.28, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the living things that move on the earth. So God created sex. He tells Adam and Eve, go out, multiply, and God created sex. God wants you to have sex with your spouse. 1 Corinthians 7, 3, that's the verse I was just reading. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. Paul tells us, in, in such a romantic way. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise to uh, the wife to her husband. God wants you to have sex with your spouse. It, and we read in the Bible, there's, there's even a whole book dedicated to the anticipation and excitement of sex. If you haven't read Song of Solomon, Solomon read it. it that is it's a, really a beautiful story uh, about this man and a woman as, as they prepare, as they're listening to Marvin Gaye. And getting ready for this. But unfortunately, a common refrain that we see in the world today it, with, with sex is that men too often are loving just so they can get sex, and women too often are giving sex just to receive love. Marriage based on this logic, it, it's, it's going to suffer, and, and so will the sex. We, true intimacy allows us open communication and it bites in a person to, to see you as you are. Um, one of the things I read this week was a lot of times we spell sex, S-E-X, but it really, we should be thinking of it more of into me see, intimacy, into me see. Build that relationship, break the walls, come closer together, and, and your, your, your sex life will grow. Um, Ephesians 5, 31 and 32 says, uh, a verse, uh, references back to a verse that we've already read. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to, to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. should be like the relationship of Christ and the church. Mucha said this last week, but we all know what it's talking about where it says, the two shall become one flesh. And then Paul goes on to say, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Our relationship with our spouse, in a lot of ways, our sex life should reflect God's glory. Um, and we, we really need to, to be focusing 
uh, our relationships on, on developing, developing a closer bond with Christ, breaking down these walls, being transparent with our spouse. And this transparency is, is going to, to create some additional energy in, in the bedroom, we'll say. Um, let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this group of people we have here today. And we, we thank you for um, our relationships with our spouse. Um, Lord, we ask that you would just help us to, to grow into a transparent relationship with them. Help us that we would just break down the walls that, that are between us, and that keep us from becoming one flesh. And we ask that you would just help us to, to be open and honest in those relationships with our spouse, Lord. Um, Lord, too many of us struggle with, with intimacy issues, um, with being able to, to get close to, to our husband and wife, um, because we, we, have a, we have issues with, with getting close to, to you, Lord. Lord, too many of us put those additional walls in between our relationship with our spouse. We, we have those relationships with, with the coworkers that are just a little too close, a little too friendly. Lord, we, we try to make relationships that can never be there through, through pornography, through different articles and books that we, that we read, Lord, that we know that is not going to create a, an actual intimacy. But, Lord, we know that, that your design for us is that we will be one flesh, that we will be inseparable, and that, that our relationships were designed to mirror your relationship with the church, Lord. Lord, help us to, to work in our relationships, help us to seek you in our relationships, and just help us to, to love you more and love our spouse more. And Lord, for those that are, that are single in here this morning, we ask that you would begin working in them so that they can just strengthen their relationship with you now, so that when they do find that person, that they can be transparent with them. Because, Lord, we know that it starts before, before their actual marriage vows. Um, it starts with, with that instant bond, that the first time they meet, the intimacy needs to begin there, Lord, and just help them to, 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 to grow in, into that relationship, Lord. And, Lord, for those that, are, that are, have a ministry of singleness, Lord, Lord, we ask that you would just grow in their lives, help their focus to be on you so that it's not on any of the worldly things and, and, and sexual things, Lord. We ask that you would just um, strengthen them and strengthen their relationship with you so that they can just do your work and your glory. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. That being said, we end our service like we do with, with all of them. Uh, we're going to read our benediction off. Relevant church, may you learn to passionately follow Jesus, love across boundaries, and make a tangible difference in our community, region, and world. Your love, God bless.